This is episode 15, Is Your God in Control? We continue this series in helping set our views of God correctly. Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, hey. I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, we are at episode 15, dude. 15 15. hours of us talking. That's a lot of hours. Oh, it's more than that. Let's be honest. We don't don't hit under an hour that often. (laughs) (laughs) No, we don't. We don't. But, you know, we're here, episode 15. Uh, If you're listening to this, thank you for listening to it. We love your feedback, and, and honestly... Uh, would love to hear from you on Instagram, on our email, whatever way you want to reach out. We want to hear what you think. So please do that. Uh, we'll tell you more how later, but uh, but thanks for actually being here. It's pretty cool that anybody's listening. That's true. That's true. I would say everyone, anyone but our moms are listening, but my mom doesn't listen. So it's really just Mine your does. mom listening. <laughs> That's my right. mom listens like once in a great while. Uh, I was talking to my brother too. Uh, he's in town right now, and uh, he uh, he doesn't listen that often either. Um, his Every excuse now and is then, he doesn't listen to podcasts in general that often. So to remember to listen right. to us, so it's the people that listen to podcasts on a regular basis yeah. that we've we've nailed them. It's everybody yeah. else that <laughs> all of our other friends. So who's actually listening? The hit for us to hit the numbers that we hit. Who knows? Uh, it's a little mind boggling because our friends tell us they don't listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so all that to so say, just, uh, this is the fifteenth yeah, yeah. time we're doing this, and maybe we're getting better, maybe we're getting worse. I don't know, but I'm excited. At one point, fifteen was our first season. That's what we set our season to because right. we just felt like it was a solid number. You're right. And now we're going to blow past that since we're in the middle uh-huh. of a series as we talk about right. our views yeah. of God and the impact of those things in our lives. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've been I've been excited about this topic more than I thought I would be. As you know, Josh, we kind of started it with like uh, looking at views that aren't necessarily whole or complete and kind of lead to like um, pitfalls, basically. And then last episode, we were talking really about like big views of God, um, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent, all powerful. And I forget exactly what we called it, but that type of thing, like really big views. I'm really interested to see where we go as we talk into some of the more like char- characteristics of God today, um, of being sovereign, holy, um, what are the other ones, absolutely true um, and righteous. It'll be, it'll be cool. I, I've been encouraged in this discussion, so hopefully you have been too. Um, from the amount of notes you put in, I think you probably have been. Yeah, <laughs> I just copied and pasted them <laughs> from other places, let's be honest. They're not real notes. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited about the, the conversation, uh, we are in too. like, as I listened to the last episode that's live. So we're, we're recording a few in a row here right now, um, to kind of get our producer some breathing room since we're asking to turn things around in 48 hours, um, which is understandably difficult, but, um, though I was doing it in 24, I'm just saying I'm not a professional, but whatever. Um, just kidding. Thank you so much for editing our podcast, my yes. friend. Um, but I was listening to the one that is live as we went through the poor views of God and those effects yeah. on our, our relationship with God. And 
I was sad that the next episode wasn't live yet, so I couldn't listen to it. Yeah. Uh, but I was excited of kind of where we were headed. Yeah. Uh, it's funny as we record these things, um, like, sure, we're in the, we're in the conversation. Like I hear yeah. everything Andrew says and Andrew hears everything I say. Well, we hear it audibly. We want to understand right. it because right, we're thinking right. about the next thing we're going to say, but, um, <laughs> uh, but it's funny when you go back and listen to it and how much it, it feeds our souls mm-hmm. even in helping us in our own relationship with Jesus and finding faulty views of God and recorrecting certain views of God. Um, and yeah. you know, things being said that you're like, oh, I don't, I don't remember saying that, or I don't remember Andrew saying that I wasn't really paying attention close enough. So <laughs> it's been a great series personally, not only in terms of the content that we're putting out yeah. uh, that I'm also proud and excited about. That's fair. That's cool. And I feel the same way. I, it's definitely enjoyable to listen back. So um, without further ado and without you asking, dude, I've been racking my brain on what to tell you about the chickens. And I got to be honest, there's not a ton new. They're just out there. They're kind of stinky these days, but they're pretty cool. They like uh, they like when I walk up there and I just say... How do you clean them? I don't. I don't. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, they're just kind of smelly birds. Do they clean birds. themselves? Yeah. Yeah, they, like, oh, pick so bugs and dirt smell. and all that stuff off of each other. So, they like, they stay pretty clean looking, but they're just stinky. You know, they poop they a lot. I just need and, to get, like, some of, like, Febreze. Like maybe like one of those automatic air freshers from like a bathroom and just like yes, that just sprays over. every ninety seconds yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, and just yeah. keeps it keeps it smelling smelling fresh. I'm, I'm gonna look into that. That might be a good solution. But but they're pretty friendly. They like people. They like to eat grass uh, from your hand. But but there is one chicken that my daughter named Catherine after her, and that chicken <laughs> bit me last night, dude. I was trying to pet no it. No way. And it like like you know sometimes they'll peck real quick. This chicken just straight yeah. up grabbed my finger with its beak and was really? like trying to chomp it down. I mean it's a chicken, so it didn't wow. hurt. But um, but I called it I called it a dirty bird and uh, and yelled at you it. Should. It went ha and scared it afterwards. So I guess that's my chicken update. Is some have attitude. No, the next update is you woke up this morning and there was a chicken that had a heart attack and died overnight because <laughs> you scared it. <laughs> We'll see. TBD. How you doing, man? There you go. I'm doing well. I can't complain. It's it's Monday right now as we're recording this, and Mondays are Mondays. Mm-hmm. Plenty of things to do and accomplish for the week. Uh, Jack is uh, really just secluding himself. <laughs> I think he's overwhelmed <laughs> with the amount of family that's around. So he's spending a lot of time outside. Uh, when they go outside, he comes inside. Yeah. Uh, he spent a lot of time in my room, which he usually doesn't spend time by himself in my room because, well, he's also a needy dog and constantly right. to be around me. Right. Uh, so he's, I think he's overwhelmed. He snapped at my niece one day because, uh, like, he took her blanket and pillow because he loves soft things and <laughs> she tried to move him and he was like, absolutely not, like, growled at her. <laughs> and I think, funny. I think of the correction of that. He's like, oh, I should just avoid them all because I want to bite them I should stay away all. from people forever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. who knows? He seems fine, though. Yeah. He'll be okay. Yeah. He just needs some rest. That's it. R&R. Dude, as we think about these um, kind of subjects of like God being sovereign, holy, absolutely true, absolute truth, and righteous, what 
we don't have to go through every single one in that order by any means. We can go whatever direction we want. But when you hear those traits of God, what kind of what springs to mind or doesn't spring to mind when you think about God being those things? What doesn't spring to mind? Probably a lot of things. I don't know off the top of my head because they're just not springing to mind. But uh, to the other side of your question, okay. uh, what springs to mind? Uh, I, I think in all of those things, they kind of can be summed up as there's no one else like him, right? Like, mm. like we talk about him being sovereign or holy, being set apart, um, being absolute truth. Like, there's no other being, for lack of a better term. It feels weird to call God a being, but I don't know what else to call him right. in this sense. Um, but for God being this being, that there's nothing else can even come close to who he is and what he does or represents about himself um, in our understanding of all creation. Um, so I, I think there's a piece of that where it's, you know, we get into a lot of these words, and I think oftentimes this is where people struggle um, with not putting God as like the judge in terms of like not going back a couple of episodes, not um, putting God in this vengeful um, mm-hmm. position where God's just watching me and making sure I don't do anything wrong. Yeah. Um, I think this is where you can get those ideas from, is from kind of these large ideas of sovereign, holy, um, absolute truth. Um yeah. And I, I think you have to have a good view of all four of these kind of areas to make sure you don't end up down those roads of mm-hmm. God's just trying out to get me. The, go, though God is sovereign, um, you know, he is, there's nothing else like him in, in this world. And though he um, does dictate all things and is in 100% control of creation, though he's holy and, and mm-hmm. is perfect and is blameless and is set apart. Um, though he is absolute truth and there is all truth is found inside of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even, you know, he's, of course he's righteous. So, you know, the standards of morality are set by, by him. Um, like it's easy to take all of these big ideas and try to, comprehend them or understand them um, in relationship to uh, ourselves. And I think mm. that's where we land on that. Well, God's just a judge. He's going to, to, you know, set me straight. He's going to correct me. He's going to all these different things. Um, and though he is all these things, you have to also remember he's personal. He's, he is love. He's uh, has deep care for his creation mm. um, and has a special care for our part of creation, humanity um, and the relationship that he desires to have with us. Um, so it's easy to go down the road of God is going to be vengeful. He's going to come after you um, and miss out on so much more of our relationship. But yeah, those are the thoughts that do come to mind. I don't know what <laughs> doesn't come to mind. <laughs> That's good. What well, about you, Andrew? When I was, I was thinking about this a little before we started talking and the th- I said, what doesn't come to mind? Because as I think about these traits, sovereign, holy, absolute truth, righteous, Um, I believe those things about God. I believe that God is the sovereign, like the ruler, the king, the king of kings, the, the, the king of other lesser authorities. He is, he is the one, the, the ruler. Um, I believe that, but I don't think about that trait that often. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's, I guess what I was trying to get at is like, I don't think about God being holy or absolute truth or even righteous that 
often. Um, it, hmm. They just don't hit my brain and definitely not my heart that often. Now, now sovereign, God being the ruler, God being the ultimate authority, I yep. I think about that more often because there's so many things in life that are just super far out of control. Like I was telling you, um, I was telling you that uh, Jana was driving with her daughter a little bit ago and just run into Costco and almost got totally smashed by two semis. One swung into her lane that was beside her, like totally out of the blue. Another one was behind her and fortunately swerved and hit the brakes so she could too. But dude, it was like obviously out of her control, out of my control, um, but not out of God's control. And it's like in even tiny moments like that, I've, you know, I've prayed and thanked God, like, thank you that they're okay. Thank you that this wreck didn't happen. Cause it could have been like a life ending event pretty easily. Um, and it's yeah. just huge, but here it is. It's just a normal Monday other than that. But God knew that was going to happen. God gave her the wherewithal yeah. to be aware that that was happening and not just be hit. So I don't know. I, I think of uh, God being the ruler of all and the ultimate authority of all. More than those other traits, I guess. Um, hmm. As far as holy, like uh, the the image that came to my mind was uh, we got to go to Italy a few years ago. We saved up and did this big trip, and we went to Rome as part of that, and we went to um, St. Peter's Basilica, which is where you know um, the Catholic Pope hangs out. That's that's like where he does mass, and where you know everybody thinks of as kind of like the center. Of, of Catholicism. Hmm. I'm picturing I'm picturing the Pope like kind of like sprawled out on a pew, his leg up over it as he hangs out at St. <laughs> Peter's Basilica. Yeah, yeah. Just, kinda, just relaxing. Yeah, just chilling. completely chill. Yeah, totally chill. Um, but yeah, we um, dude, that building is like the most insane structure I've ever been in, and it screams dope. like it screams a lot of things, but. I think if you if you just are standing in that room and looking at the altarpiece and at the 150 foot tall ceilings and these huge domes and this like beautiful artwork and gold everywhere and all this stuff, you think like this is whoever the people that that designed this, that built this, that painted this, they wanted it to communicate. God's holiness or be something that, uh, that kind of shows that like God is yeah. this very unique being. So this is like this huge thing, but at the other side, it also communicates like, uh, the Catholic Pope is like a, like a ruler figure, you know, like this is, there is yeah. authority here. Um, and I don't think Jesus would love all the gold and artwork and all that stuff, but that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but uh, but I didn't feel necessarily God's presence, but I felt this like, this is big. This is like magnified. This is meant to communicate holiness. This is meant to communicate yeah. authority. And and it's a lot of people with a lot of I'm sure great intentions as they design their art or their sculptures or whatever the things are that fill that place. Um, where they were trying to say, this is my expression of some piece of God, of his his sovereignty, of his holiness, yeah. of his truth, of his righteousness, of his whatever, forgiveness, you know? Um, so, yeah, but I just don't day-to-day -day think about these things that much, I guess, until I do, you know? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. 
Yeah, and these I, I guess these are the characters characteristics of God we can call like th- the th- the throne characteristics. Like mm-hmm. these are the things that put God on His throne. Okay. Um, like He is sovereign, meaning like He is one hundred percent without fail in control. Yeah. Um, there's things that happen. Um, there's things that happen in this world not necessarily by His hand, but they happened. God allowed those things to still happen. Like he did have ultimate control for evil to happen in this world. Um, Not that he um, is an evil, vengeful God. Like that's not the the issue here, but he does have the ability to stop it now because the way that he has set up his interaction with humanity in terms of like the enemy is still in control of this world. Like sin still exists. And because he gives us choice in the matter of those things, like evil is going to exist because sin exists. Now he's allowing those things to happen um, until ultimately he, you know, Jesus comes back, you know, for the second time and reestablishes, you know, his ultimate kingdom once and for all. um, And, and everything changes from that moment, you know, being holy. Like for me, that's that, you know, you think of like the revelation verses where, um, John is describing his his vision or his experience of of yeah. uh, the temple room, the the place in where God dwells, um, and he says there's these cherubim uh, flying around the room, and they're covered in eyes, and they look like different animals, and they have wings, and um, the words they they're repeating over and over and over again is you know holy, holy, holy is the mm-hmm. Lord God Almighty who was and yeah. is and is to come, yeah. like there because there is no one else like God, um, like he you know, that holiness essentially demands our devotion. Um, like there's nothing else higher than him. He carries ultimate authority. He carries ultimate knowledge. He carries ultimate, um, morality. He carries ultimate everything. And and because of that position, um, you know, we, we devote our worship to him. We, we choose to follow him because following anything less than that would be following a lesser being or a lesser God. And why would you want to do something like that? Um, like if you have access to the the fullness of God, but also like getting into like the authority idea or the 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 throne characteristics of God, the things that put him on that throne, um, like it's easy um, to to kind of I guess pull back in those moments because you're not worthy, maybe that's the position that you take. like that's a scary idea to picture God in that yeah. way. But even as we picture God, these characteristics are true. We also remember he's also a personal and loving God at the same exact time. Um, because he's personal, we do get to approach this room, which now you now creates this whole other dynamic of like, whoa, like I get to enter into such a holy place with such a holy God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Like that just creates a, a higher level of gratitude um, inside of us. But going back to the Catholic church, like in building these massive massive beautiful churches and expensive yeah. churches mm-hmm. you know the the protestants have have taken such a harsh view to it it's a waste of money it's this and that it's personal yeah. and i agree to some extent with some of those things but like look at it from their perspective like here is you know if the if if there was some characteristics the catholic church holds on to about who god is they hold on to these ones right they throw they yeah. hold on to these throne yeah. views of god mm-hmm. um so if that's the view of god you have and it's the only view of god you have wouldn't you want to try to create a place uh, the best of your possible ability yeah. that somewhat is um uh, representation but not only that yeah. it's somewhat like is desiring yeah 
to God yeah. to, I don't know, come to or dwell in. Um, so yeah. like, I get it. It's the same thing with Solomon building the temple. Like, you know, he built a physical space and God was okay with the tabernacle and, um, you know, but it was this devotion, this love. And, and, and I think it just so easily demonstrates when we don't have a full holistic view yeah. of who God actually is. And we focus in on just one or just a few of these things. Yeah. This is how easily we can find ourselves missing out on so much of who God is because we chose to just focus on one aspect of God. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair, man. And, um, I'm not trying to bash the, the Catholic church or whatever, but no, yeah, no, I don't think you you're, are. you're right. Like, as I think back to that standing in, if you've ever been in one of those huge cathedrals, you know, and St. Peter's is just so massive. It's just ridiculously massive. Like it feels yeah. like you're, a whole city is inside one building. Like it's nuts. And that's just the part you can see. Like there's even more underneath yeah. all of that. It's huge but but one thing is it does really effectively or did for me as soon as you walk in the doors you're like wow there are like a thousand people in here and it i still feel tiny you know what i mean yeah. like this like i feel small in front of god i feel small in this physical space it's kind of like if you're looking at Pike's Peak or you're standing on top of Pike's Peak and looking out or something um or just any huge mountain you're just like wow i'm tiny and God created this and this is tiny to him. You know, this is nothing compared to him. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It, it does. You're right. It does help exhibit kind of the throne characteristics of God of like, this is why God's on the throne and I'm not. But you, yeah. you mentioned something of like, um, why would you want to serve anything that isn't holy? Like God is holy. Um, you said something like that. And I thought immediately of, of Romans one, um, where they're talking about, um, I think Paul, yeah, Paul wrote Romans, um, and it says um, that they they worship and and served the things that they created rather than the Creator themselves. Um, talking about basically God letting people follow their their passions, um, whether they honor him or don't, and mm-hmm. um, that you know he can. He can allow you to be blinded by your own sin, to worship the things that you create by your hand, whether it be physical sticks and stones or technology or whatever it is, the thing that, that you create, you can start worshiping that and you can start having a view of that that is that this thing, this idol, is is what my God is. You know, this idol yeah. will just go really little literal like the idol, this this wooden thing that I've adorned with gold that I pray to, you know, I don't pray to a wooden thing adorned with gold, but you know, a lot of people have, and and maybe do still, I don't know, but you know, I've set up this little corner in my closet and I've filled it with these beautiful little gold pieces and this, this wooden carving of this figure, you know, this face that I see that is my representation of God. And pretty soon I think maybe, maybe why that's, tempting is that you can see it, you can touch it, you yep. can feel it, yep. you can blame it for your problems and you can praise yep. it for the good things in your life. So it's maybe, uh, it, it's maybe tempting almost to be like that very tangible thing right there is my God, that thing that I can even control, whether I want to admit it or yep. not is my God. Um, uh, because then it's yep. just, kind of like I'm my God, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't have this, well, and, I don't have this throne above me that is 
that is truly perfect and righteous and and in control that I have to worship. I can just worship this thing. Yeah. And I think this is where, and you saw this with the Israelites too, this is where they struggled, um, that because God is so vast and and God is so holy, meaning set apart Mm -hmm. from us, um, it's hard to kind of put concrete to it at, at times. Um, so in our attempt to put concrete to it, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the Israelites built the temple and, and wanted to have imagery of who God was inside of their temple because that's what the other gods around had, but God didn't have imagery. So they struggled in this, in this place. It, it's the same thing with us. Like we, we, we want to know what God looks like because that gives us safety. That gives us yeah. confidence that gives us whatever it gives you in those moments. Um, but at the same time, when you start to do that, though it comes from a good place, I'm just trying to understand God better. Yeah. It so easily becomes the place. And now we've missed out on so much more, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's even you take all these different characteristics as we, as we talk about them, I think, I think there's 11 that we're talking about. I, I don't remember yeah. off the top of my head, but um, you just take one of them. Like, I want to fully understand that God is love. That's awesome. That's that's amazing. The problem you run into if God is love all the time is now you, you've come into this place where, well, God is just love. And if God is just mm-hmm. love, and that's not what Scripture says, it says God is love. Um, but if God is just love, then um, he doesn't care as much about sin that destroys my life and it destroys the lives around me because God's just going to love me no matter what, right? That's how you end up in those places. Um so this is why it's so important to take this holistic view of who God is to make sure that we're balancing well between all these different characteristics of God to make sure that we we have the best understanding that we possibly can of who God is. It's kind of like a marriage, right? Like mm-hmm. you know you talk to individuals that have been married 50 years and you know there's the ones that really seem to enjoy their marriages, they're still learning things about yeah. one another, right? It's the same thing with our relationship with God. Like you're never going to come to a place where you're like, yeah, I know everything about God. Like right. we're set. I know how he thinks. I know right. how he, like, as much as we want to, because that gives us safety. Um, it makes me feel secure. Um, it's not who God is. It's the same thing with, with your mate, right? Like yeah. you, you get to a place where you're like, well, I think I know everything about them. Well, they're not interesting to you anymore. At some point, you're just gonna like you're just going through the steps. But if you're yeah. still infatuated with her after you know 20, 30 years, and you're still right. wanting to learn more about how she looks at life and her head, or your, your her mind is you know ticking and all these different like there's so there's so much depth to, to all these things. It's that depth you don't want to lose in yeah. your relationship with Jesus. I think this is the reason that that you know they the scripture uses the imagery of of Christ being um uh sorry the church being the bride of Christ i, I think that's why i use the marriage imagery is like there's depth in relationship of that and you commit to it um you're in it for the for for a lifetime but in the midst of that you're still learning about one another so it's this depth that you want to kind of hold into and you go back to the catholic church and um sure some of their theology's rough and i would argue wrong but at the same time, I get how they get there. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's this throne view of God, and it's this is what they're chasing, and this is what everything's been built around. Yeah. Um, so you can't pull these other views that God's not personal um, mm-hmm. in in the Catholic Church because of of this. Now he's personal to some Catholics, um, but the theology of the Catholic Church is God's not personal. Like you have right. to go through the Church to get to God. Um, that's not necessarily the case um, in in the Protestant viewpoint. We could be wrong. Who knows? We'll find out when we get before judgment. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, We're but all I don't think I'm wrong. 
I'm sure we're all a little bit wrong uh, in in different ways yeah. that we'll find out. It's like the it's yeah. like the predestination argument and Arminianism yeah. and yeah. Calvinism. Like we're gonna get up there and be like, oh, we're all wrong. This is how it really works. <laughs> yeah, seriously, um, yeah. man. The so this might be out of context. I don't know, but one of the verses you put under kind of the heading of absolute truth of God is absolute truth is. Um, from John 8, and it says, um, I think this was Jesus talking, he says, you are truly my disciples if you keep obeying my teachings, and you will know the truth, uh, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Um, That's uh, one thing I like a lot about Jesus is that he says things that are really easy to understand. Um, He says things that are really clear, and I think um, that like one of the things he said that that I think about kind of often is that like um, he came uh, not necessarily to to be like the great unifier and not to be the great like war bringer, but to be like the one who brings truth, which is sharper than any two edged sword and divides like it cuts, you know, it's the truth. Yeah. And and this is one of those lines where it's like, you are truly my disciples if you keep obeying my teachings. Pause. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So it's like, wait, how do I follow Jesus? And he's like, if you actually do what I've told you to do, you're my follower. You're my disciple. Just do the things I told you to do. Now, that's not always easy, but um, but but he laid it out real clear. You know, do the things I told you to do. That's how you're, yep. you're my disciple. And that's how you're going to know the truth even more. Like that's how you're going to have yeah. God's truth reflected back in your life is by, um, action essentially, or yeah. not always physical action, but by, by managing your thoughts or by taking inventory of the things that you dwell on, uh, internally, externally, the things that you do, like, are you trying to obey the, the things that God told you in your life or are you not trying to because you're going to have a better picture of what the truth is and what the the absolute truth is through god if you're actually doing the things that that god told you to do and that jesus commanded us to do yeah i push against the that idea a little bit um from the perspective of and and i'm just coming out of this camp so this is all fresh in my head but um like for the longest time, it was let's bare, bare knuckle this enough to conquer the sins and the faulty thinking in my life to essentially, you know, keep Jesus' commands. Um, and and then we're going to get to the end of this and everything's going to be great. But it also doesn't work. Hmm. Um, what do you, you think of that? habitual sins in, people, in people's lives? Um, and all they're going to do is bare knuckle through it and they're going to self-will their way out of it. And eventually that sin's just going to go away. Does it happen sometimes? Sure. Does it happen most of the time? Absolutely not. Um, so now you go back to the truth. And if the truth is, if you're my disciples who keep obeying my teachings and you're like, well, and I think in other versions, it's, you know, if you love me, you'll, you'll, you'll obey my commands mm-hmm. is the same way in the same chunk of scripture there. I think that's the, the, Vine verses, but um, yeah. what was I saying? <clears throat> um, so, 
there's this thing of like, well, it's all on me. And I, and I don't think that's true is, is the more and more I read the new Testament and, and read Jesus's words to us. And I read the epistles words to us. Like, I don't think that's true. I think the key to conquering those things in our lives is relationship with Jesus. So how can I invest more time, energy into those things rather than trying to just conquer all these things on my own? I think you're going to get you're going to know more truth that will set you free as you dig into that relationship with Jesus. Like that's the key of all of this. And as you dig in that relationship with Jesus, he's going to reveal things into your heart and into your mind that you weren't even thinking about in terms of yeah. um, um, uh faulty thinking or in terms of sin that you didn't realize you were committing or in terms yeah. of um, destruction to relationship you didn't even know you were committing, right? Like all these different things, like as you pour into relationship with Jesus, those things are not only revealed to us, but as Jesus said at the end of the Great Commission, he's with us always to the very end of the age. He's in the midst of it with us. And I think that's always the key. And, and I think that's where we go go astray. Like it's putting, it's, it's this struggle, this tension that we're constantly trying to pull it back to our own will and our own ability to do something right like you look at this is what you'll find you'll find this more often today than probably in in recent years but you'll find individuals that have been christians a long time um, start to sway one way or the other um, when they kind of get to this place of we'll call it maturity for lack of a better term but i don't think it's actual maturity in jesus Um, they start to sway back towards old old covenant commands so they start to practice festivals and 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 rituals that that we find throughout you know israel's life with 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 god Um, Mm -hmm. or they start to sway to this whole charismatic movement of prophecy and Mm -hmm. um um uh, I don't know the the words. In times, Pentecostalism. Yeah, and then that that's kind of, that could probably be a third is revelation in terms of I'm going to dive into Jesus coming back. We don't see that as much today as we did back in the '90s, but the in '90s and early 2000s. But I, I think right now it's it's going back to Judaism or going to spirituality or spiritualism mm-hmm. um, in these two kind of camps. And there's aspects of both those camps that aren't bad and aren't good. Right. But I think what's really happening is I'm unsatisfied with my relationship with Jesus, with my Christianity, and I need more, mm-hmm. or I need to look like I'm, I'm more mature than I actually am. So I'm going to chase after these things that are tangible. They're physical things that I can do. This, these things make sense to me. Um, and I can grab onto these things and then I can, they can be the concrete thing that I can look back and say, no, look at, I do all these things, God. But you go back to Revelation and yeah, I think we recorded this verse last episode, but you go back to Revelation and, and they said, well, we did all these things in your name, Jesus. Like yeah. we, we, yeah. we did this, we did this, we did this. And Jesus says, you know, away from me for I never, I never knew, knew you. you. Uh, and that's that's what we're running into is you're mm. chasing after all these physical things that you can tangibly control and do, yeah. and you feel like I'm doing the right things and miss the relationship altogether. Mm. And you get to the end and Jesus says, I, I, I don't know you. You yeah. never spent time with me. You did all these things for me, and that's fantastic and great, except for the fact that you're not with me. Right. Like you miss the point in the whole matter. And I think it goes back to this whole conversation you know, that the we're kind of in right now is like, it's relationship with Jesus. That's 100% the key. There's no other way around it. Mm-hmm. So we foster the relationship with Jesus. 
faulty views of God affect our relationship with Jesus because yeah. now we have faulty views of Jesus. Yeah. Like this is the things that we're trying to combat. Those are the only things we can really control. And then we control the time that we spend with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like what, you know, we went through a whole series of spiritual disciplines, yeah. great yeah. disciplines to help you foster your relationship with Jesus. Like that's yeah. really what we're trying to do here. That's the key to all this. Mm-hmm. You want to start conquering sins in your life. And I know you've, you've heard the cliche, well, you just gotta, you gotta think more about Jesus. And then you think less about sin. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Um, it's not helpful because you're not helping them really. How do I spend more time with Jesus? Like you're not fostering that piece of it. But I think that's the the missing piece inside of Christianity today is we're not spending time with Jesus enough. We're not mm-hmm. fostering that relationship. We're not talking with him enough. We're not you know reading his already recorded words enough. Um, and it's not like. We're not talking about Bible study. We're not talking about um, going through your list of prayers. We're talking about relationship. We're talking about conversation. We're talking about depth of understanding of who God is, not knowledge, relationship. And I know yeah. this is hard to kind of grasp. I, I get like you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of theoretical or th- whatever the word is uh, up in the clouds um, as you're trying to grab onto these things. I, I understand that. Um, but yeah. I'm telling you, it's the key. Like here's the piece that can unlock so much yeah. is if we just focus in on our relationship with Jesus, like we start to dig in here. And I think that's the thing that changes it all. I think that's good perspective. And I understand like why you, why you push back to begin with. So I, as I say, as I was thinking, Jesus is clear and just says, do the things I told you to do. And that means you're my follower. Uh, you're my disciple. Um, you're right. The, I think the whole key is relationship that if I know him, if I follow him, if I do things to try to dedicate my life to actually following him, then the byproduct of that is I live it out. Um, my actions mm-hmm. flow Absolutely. from there. So, but I get it. Like I've tried to white knuckle stuff and that's the, you know, that's the easy prescription is, oh, if I, if I want to be a good Christian, a uh, good follower of Jesus, all I got to do is give the church 10% of my money, volunteer some time every once in a while, say hi to my neighbors. Cause, uh, God talks about neighbors a lot in the Bible. Um, and you know, just be a generally good person, help people move, help people, do that, whatever. Oh, and pray before I eat. Those are the things I got to do. That gets me that, that, that gets me the golden ticket into heaven so that I, my, uh, my afterlife retirement plan is taken care of. You know what I mean? But so you can confuse the action with, uh, with the relationship and you're right. Like the relationship has to be first, but from there flows a lot of action. Like I, Mm -hmm. I try to I try to clean the kitchen up most nights as Jana puts Catherine down for bed, and that's not just because I love cleaning uh, anything like that. But I, you know, I enjoy a little bit of it because I finally I see something physical that's better when I when I'm done with the day than it was when I got there. But I also just do it because I know that stuff can drive Jana crazy a little bit. So I'm like out of relationship with her. This is a small way I can serve. This is a thing I can consistently do that takes something off her mental list of I have to do this before I can relax. And it's just something that, that I can help, you know, I'm part of the family. That's, that's kind of part of what I say. Yes, I'm going to, I'm going to do that to, to take that off your plate. That's, that's on me, you know? And in that same way, it's like, I, if I'm going back to following Jesus, if I'm in relationship with him, 
then I don't have to just wave and say hi to my neighbors often to, to try to just uh, be nice. I love my neighbors well, but like if they, if they need something, if I perceive they have a need, um, I can ask them about it. I can show up and try to meet that. If they're having a really stressful day or I know they're about to in a, in a week or something, I can say, well, can we bring you dinner that night? Do you want to come over for dinner um, at our place? Can I can I help? Can I cut your grass? Because you said you're going to be gone for a week. Seems like you got a lot to do. Can I mow your grass for you? Like small stuff where it's out of relationship. It's not, it's not I'm going to go mow their grass once a year to be a good Christian. It's I know you a little bit. Uh, I know you a little better um, because we've been spending more time together. So I'm going to fulfill these things that I can. I'm going to do the small actions that I can to serve you and and hopefully to to look a little bit like a rep- representation of Jesus in your life. You know, not me yeah. looking good, but like showing yeah. the attributes of, of Christ's love and, and individual care for us. So that's what I was well, trying to say is don't white knuckle yeah. it, but your action flows out of actually knowing. Well, him. and even, yeah, and even kind of taking that idea even further, it's I start to love those around me in a different way because the God that I love loves them and I'm going to love the things that he loves, not because I'm commanded or demanded to do it, but because Mm -hmm. it's just natural. Like, you know, you think of people that you love in your life and all of a sudden you start to love and care about the things that they love and care about. And you're like, well, that's weird. Like never cared about that before. Um, And I think this is a, a good sign. Like as you start to look at those you interact with and around you, like if you are not loving people well around you, you're not sacrificially loving them around you. You start to really take a step back and evaluate your relationship with Jesus. Like how how much do I really love Jesus? How much am I interacting with Jesus? Because if I was, a lot of these things just naturally start to happen. Like they yeah. surprise you on a regular basis. You know, you, you think, you know, one thing of somebody and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm in a weird place now that I'm showing compassion and care. And, yeah. you know, I was annoyed, you know, just six months ago. Yeah. Um, so it's those little things where as, as Jesus starts to, as you start to foster a relationship with Jesus and that, that deepens and grows and, and love is, is created and, and um, strengthened, yeah. um, you start to find yourself loving the same things that he loves. So like going back to, you know, that verse from before, like, um, I don't know where it is. There's so many things highlighted on our notes right now <laughs> that I'm, I'm lost. Here we the, go. Uh, like yeah. if you're truly my disciple, you'll keep my, my teachings. Um, or if you love me, you'll, you'll do what I command. Mm-hmm. Um, like think of that. Well, it's not a command thing. It's not an issue of of will, or it's a it's an issue of love. Like if you love me, you'll do what I command. You're focusing on the wrong part. You're focusing on the command. I have to prove that I love Jesus, and that's not yeah. the point. It's no, 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 no. When you love me, when you're in deep relationship with me, you're you're just gonna do what I command. Like it's just mm-hmm. gonna happen. You're gonna surprise yourself at times because you're like, I didn't know that was in me, right? Like yeah. it's those kinds of things. Like that's the key that we're trying to get into. And like God is a personal God. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to 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 have conversation and speak into you. And he wants to give you hope and a future. Like he wants to do. Do these things, yeah. um, and it, it really comes down to that relationship piece. Like that's why Jesus went to the cross. It wasn't just to forgive sins; it was to restore relationship. Um, now, forgiving sins was a part of that, but it was to restore relationship. And we miss we miss it so often as as Christians. We miss it as the church. Um, yeah. Like we get so focused on so many other things. And but I think you start reading the New Testament through the lens that lens of 
of, no, this is relationship. So what does relationship look like in this moment? Um, verses that you've read and you've understood your entire life start to shift and change. And you're yeah. like, oh, oh, that's what he meant. It's yeah. not about doing everything he asked me to do. It's not the command piece of that phrase. It's the love piece. Mm. And in turn, the commands come right along with it. Right. Like, how do I foster relationship? How do I, how do I focus in a relationship with Jesus? Um, but it's all these, all these different attributes or characteristics as we look at them. Yeah. Like, you know, sovereign and holy and absolute truth. And these, these thrown ideas that at that point, now you're starting to stand in awe of like, whoa, here's one holy, absolutely perfect, um, all powerful, almighty, all knowing God. And for yeah. whatever reason, that makes no sense to me at all. He generally wants to have relationship with me. He generally yeah. wants to have conversation with me. Now that mm-hmm. gives you a level of value that you know, probably a little mind boggling to some, some extent dignity that I value right that much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dignity. Yeah. Like so many people are struggling with, with poor values of themselves. I think this is a big yeah. piece of it is if you have poor value view of God, poor view of your relationship with God, like this is where you end up. Yeah. That's good, man. That's, that's totally, totally right on. I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but to me that sounds real right. <laughs> you know, um, I was thinking about this, the, the sovereign, sovereign, God being sovereign, um, sovereignty, peace. Um, and, you know, if you look up the definition of sovereignty or of, of a sovereign, it's basically a ruler. Um, apparently yep. there's uh, the Brits use, uh, the British use like that is some, one of their pieces of currency is called a sovereign. But that's neither here nor there because who knows what pounds even are anyway. Um, but I, I was just thinking about it. Like I, in my personal life, I am not quick to be excited to accept new authority into my life. Um, a lot <laughs> of that comes from me, uh, just my makeup. Like I, I see myself as a Enneagram type eight, uh, with the strong nine wing. Um, I know you see yourself as a type eight anyway, which is basically like the challenger, the person who, often kind of lead stuff um, because they're like, for a lot of reasons, but let's be honest, I don't like submitting to authority unless I think it's the right thing to do. Um, But I kind of look at it through that lens of like, I'm not quick to submit to authority. I'm not quick to follow rules that I don't agree with. Um, And in, in that same way, one of the things that's not my first instinct, I don't know if it's because I'm an eight or because I'm an American or what it is, but my first instinct isn't necessarily to think of God as being just super powerful and 100% in authority in my life. And I think some of that is just because as soon as I recognize those things to be true, then I really got to fall in line. I really got to yep. start trying to live this way. I got to take the things that, that were said through the Bible, um, especially Jesus's words, because they're easy to understand and they're pretty stinking awesome. Um, I got to take those things to heart and try to live it out. And like we were just talking, not not trying to white knuckle it, um, not trying to um, do things just for the sake of doing, but trying to do it through relationship. But I don't know. I was just thinking how I kind of naturally kick against that and um, that I'm not quick to accept God's authority in in all things in my life you know it's not my not my default setting yeah yeah and that's a that's a hard thing for i think for all humanity i don't think it's just us eights but yeah um from a perspective of i'm giving up control to somebody else and and i think that's why it's important to have 
know, these four characteristics view of God of like God is, is righteous, meaning like there's no wrong inside of him. So, mm. you know, him yeah. being sovereign and in 100% authority, like it's not a fearful thing, right. like, because he's, he's perfect. Yeah. Like, so he's not going yeah. to cause harm to my life by me, oh, like living out and like, he's going to do all things for, for my good. He tells us that. Um, so like, it's that piece of like, I'm, though I have submitted to faulty, crappy, shitty authority in my life. Right. Um, like there's those, it's not that like, yeah. don't, don't try to take those, those pieces and apply it to God because it's not who God is. Right. Like God is perfect in how he functions. Right. He's perfect in how he interacts with you. So it's mm -hmm. going to be good. It's going to be okay. It's going to feel, it's going to be safe. Yeah. Um, you're not going to be overwhelmed. Um, like it's not going to feel like someone's taking advantage of you. That's not right. God's heart. Like right. God's heart is that you experience everything he has for you in this life. Yeah. Um, and, and, so I guess there's safety in that um, is, yeah. is kind of the point of saying of like, it's okay to take that chance and that risk. Um, it's not like a relationship you've ever experienced before, though he has full sovereignty, full authority, though he is on the throne and you are 100% his subject, mm -hmm. or as the as scripture like to tell, tell us, his slave. Um, it's not like, it's not like you would, you would picture being a slave. You're not going to be abused. Um, you're yeah. not going to be taken advantage of, um, God 100% has your best interests at heart. Um, he's going to do everything in his power, um, to bring those, uh, and remember his power is ultimate. So everything is power is everything. Like he's, he's got it, um, yeah. to, to bring you, you know, uh, goodness to your life. Not goodness in the sense of everything you want, but goodness in the sense of what's going to help you be, become who God has called you to be. Yeah, ultimate, true, real, good. Like I like that you brought that into the authority discussion uh, because what I was doing, I was I'm trying to isolate them a little bit and think about them as as one thing. But you're right; it's a full picture. It's not that God is just no. in authority. No, he is an absolute authority, but he's also absolutely good. He's also absolutely righteous. Yep. Um, I was looking up yep. definition of righteous, and it was like um, basically like morally right is is a way yep. to say it. But but the reality is morals kind of shift and change over time. You know, like a long time That's ago, true. a lot of people would have. Uh, tons of wives, you know, be married to, to 10 different ones. Yep. Well, our society does not accept that anymore. We don't say that's, that's moral and right and a good thing to do. Um, at sometimes society did, but the reality is of God being righteous, God is always the perfect good. God is always the, the perfect morality. Now we're yeah. not that. So our morals aren't always perfect in how we try to reflect that, but um, I've thought a lot about how, you know, God says, the Bible says that we're made in the image of God. And I think one of those things in our life that is like a very tangible image of God peace in humanity is that we all have consciences. We all have, you can't, you can't find the conscience in the body. You can't be like, oh yeah, the conscience is six millimeters wide and sits inside your chest cavity. No, it's like, it's not a physical, tangible thing, but I think it's part of our soul. I think it's part of our makeup is that God put a conscience in each of us and maybe there's sociopaths, maybe there's not. I don't know, man, people are crazy, but um, <laughs> that's above my pay grade. But um, I think God put consciences in us as a small piece that that reflects um, him as a thing to yeah. show us this is evil, 
this is good. And maybe that points yeah. towards righteousness. Of, well, in, this in is scripture, good. scripture tells us, right? Yeah. Like he's written, his law is written on our hearts, right? Yeah. Like that's not, yeah. like we know what's good and we, we know what's right and we know what's wrong. Um, yeah. We just choose one over the other, unfortunately. Right. But I, but I, all I was trying to say, that was a long rambly thing, but I'm just trying to say it's good to see God as the ultimate authority, but also as the ultimate yeah. good in your life, because I believe he is, I believe he's for us. Um, he, like you look at, you look at physical creation, like it's good, man. <laughs> like it's ridiculously yeah. intricate and amazing and balanced in, in how God created a forest even, um, or a garden or a, a lake or a, the ocean or whatever. But it's it's incredible. It's not something that's yeah. just like I could duplicate that. I could make that. No, it's like that that goodness that is you can perceive goodness of God through the perfect balance He created um, in natural systems. So anyway, that's me geeking that's out good. on on nature and stuff for a minute. No, that's good. Uh, let me read this verse uh, as we kind of excuse me transition. Though we've kind of been all over the place into righteousness. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is Ephesians four. Uh, towards the end, to the middle, to the end. Uh, Verse 22, uh, you were taught with regards to your former ways to put off your old self, um, which was corrupt by its deceitful desires, um, to be made new in the attitudes of your mind um, and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And I think it's it's important to... um, to remind ourselves that you know we are new creations um, when we yeah. make that decision of following Jesus, recognizing our sin, recognizing our need of Savior, recognizing that Jesus went to the cross to die for those sins and conquering death, um, so we can experience full life. Um, it's important to remind us like true righteousness and true holiness has now been given to us because of what Jesus did on the cross. Like I've heard it described this way at times, like when God the Father looks at us, he sees God the Son, yeah. right? Like that's mm-hmm. kind of yeah. the relationship we have. So put yourself not as savior or authority perspective, but put yourself as positional or perspective like Jesus. You're a son or a daughter of the creator of this universe now. Yeah. Um, like that's, that's, that's a pretty remarkable um, place to be. Um, and it's this kind of dynamic of kind of what we've been talking about is this old self is dying away. It's going to eventually go away um, when yeah. Jesus returns and everything is fully restored. But in the process of that, we call this sanctification for putting a big word in your head. This process of that of us becoming more and more holy. It's not a yeah. process of us. It's a process of us leaning into Jesus. It's a process yeah. of Jesus. And I think this is a big piece that we have to remind ourselves of. You want to be a new creation. It's leaning into your relationship with Jesus and watching what he does yeah. in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, how you view life and watching this old deci- deceitful um, desires and this corruption of, of who you used to be kind of start falling away. Yeah. Um, the more you, you lean into that relationship, the more we get to see this fruit in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you go back to the, you know, we were talking earlier, these um, the actions of our lives. Um, you look at what James said, like, you know, faith without action is dead, right? Yeah. Deeds is dead. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing. Like this is the same thing we're talking about. Like when we shift our viewpoints and how we're looking at scripture, like everything starts to light up of like, Oh, this is what Jesus meant. Mm-hmm. At first I took it as it's all up to me and I got to do everything. And yeah. it's not up to me. It's not, I, it's, if it was, you're screwed. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't want to tell you, you suck as a human being. I do too. Like it's, we're not going to win that way. It's just not going to work. Yeah. It's the same thing going back to salvation. Like for whatever reason we accept that salvation's out of our control and only Jesus mm-hmm. can provide it. But yet everything else, 
else is up to us. That's not what Jesus is telling us. Everything is up to him, but it's relying in relationship up to him and fostering a relationship into him that starts to shift our, our hearts and our minds and, and starts to cut away the, the, the ugly, the bad, but also the good so we can get to the great yeah. of who Jesus wants us to be and what he wants us to accomplish in this life. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It's, you just said a lot. So my head is kind of spinning a little bit, but, um, I don't know. I, these are, these are traits of God that, that we believe to be true, right? Because the Bible says they're true, but even more so because we, you can experience them over time. Um, we've talked a lot about this, but kind of the litmus test is like, give it a shot and try to live it out and see if it's true. Because that, try to live out that God is not an authority in your life and then see where you wind up. If you put yourself in in the authority seat, in the driver's seat, try to live out. If you say, no, God's not holy, I'm holy on my own authority. Try to live that out and see how that works out. Hmm. Try to, try to live out like our society, this, um, there is no absolute truth. Truth is relative your truth is as good as my truth, yeah. that type of stuff. It's like, dude, live that out for a while and see where it goes because it doesn't, it doesn't well, point to being more right over time. It points to being more Well, look at society, look at American society just today. Like yeah. this is where you end up, yeah. right? Like you go through this, that there's no truth. I get to define my own truth and we're going to get a little bit political and I'm sorry, but Unfortunately, that's the world we live in today. Yeah. Um, but like, if we get to define our own truth, then anything is allowed and acceptable, yeah. right? And you get to this place that will, well, at some point, as we're seeing right now, lines are being drawn in the sand of no, 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 not everything is right acceptable, right? right? Like, if I come out and say, well, I have an issue with homosexuality, I'm going to get crucified mm-hmm. um, because that's not allowed. Well, now you're making rules again. Mm-hmm. If I say that all lives matter and not just certain races' lives matter, like you're going to get crucified because mm-hmm. that's not the right thing to say. Now, I'm not saying – I'm not getting into the political side of like these people feel demeaned and they feel yeah. – like, I, I get that. I understand I understand how you can feel that way. I'm not saying yeah. I understand how you feel. Um, that's not okay. We the, we fight against those things. But now there's no, like, there's this weird dynamic of there isn't free speech in our country anymore. Mm. Um, like, the masses have now dictated and said what you're allowed to say and what not, you're yeah. not allowed to say. Yeah. Look at Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres is about to get ripped off the air. Yeah. Um, Ellen DeGeneres was, was an advocate for you get to define your own truth. Yeah. Um, and now she's butting up against that idea and now someone else is defining her truth and she's about to get ripped off the air um, for mistakes that maybe she wasn't even making but her show was making by other leaders and now she's going to lose it all right like there's this piece that that we're kind of get into is like there is an absolute truth and when you avoid like when you try to push away from it and you try to redefine it to whatever you want it to be you're going to you're going to find destruction again that's just what happens and because you've pushed away from the absolute truth Um, i'm not saying like i'm not saying it's not easy to believe all of god's absolute truths i get i get there's some in there that are difficult um, to say i i I don't know why you built it this way. Okay, I should say it this way. I understand why you built this way because I can understand the logic that you've kind of laid out before us. I just don't know if I agree with the logic that you've laid out before us. Um, But at the same time, it is absolute, and I'm going to choose to believe it's absolute. Um, So I'm going to keep going down those roads because I know 
you're fully sovereign, meaning you're fully in control. I know you're also holy. You're com- yeah. There's nothing else like you. Um, and I know that your ways are right. And yeah. I know your ways are for what's best for your humanity, your creation. And I'm trusting that. So I might not understand why you built it this way, but I do understand that you built this this way because it's what's, what's what is best for your creation. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm choosing to believe. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm choosing to hold on to, right? Like yeah. it's those pieces. But yeah, you start to get in that world of, we get to define our own truth, and well, you're you're watching it happen all around you on both sides of the aisle. I'm not picking on just liberals; like yeah. you could dig into that stuff with conservatives as well. Um, like it's it's pure craziness right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, but and this and is I, how we get there. I like. I wish that sometimes I wish that we could just have like a Matrix style download from God. You know, where it's like Neo in right. the first Matrix just is just like. Uh, I want to learn everything about karate or jujitsu or whatever it is. And it's just like, and it's like, wow, I know that now, you know, it's like, I know everything there is to know. And I wish sometimes we could be like, God, I want to know, I want to understand in depth, every truth, everything that you think (laughs) about all the issues of today, uh, whether it be yeah. uh, political or a social issue or whatever, the things you referenced, it's like, I want to know God's perfect truth on all of that. I don't pretend to have a corner on it. Um, and one of the beauty, beautiful things is that we can, we can ask God. We can ask and, and go over time, and we don't have to immediately post it online. We don't have to immediately say this is the stance that God takes and, and I take it because it's true. <laughs> no, we don't have to do that. That's, that's not our job. We can, yeah. and it usually it leads to more, uh, <laughs> more trouble than it's worth. But, yep. uh, but there is absolute truth is what I'm trying to say. And we, we're in this time right now where we're in mass, our society is, and maybe our whole world, I don't know, man. Uh, a lot of people are no, saying... No, we're Americans. We don't pay a lot of attention yeah, to anything that happens right. outside of That's America. right. No, um, but I'm trying to say, like, a lot of us want to want to pretend to be in the ultimate authority seat, want to pretend to be in the ultimate right. I set morality seat or I set truth mm-hmm. seat. Or I'm right seat. Yeah. Like, I'm... I'm and, I view and, this the correctly compared to everybody else. And God lets you stay in that seat for a while. He'll, he'll let you go from, from being in a relationship with Jesus and following him in a real way to, to putting yourself in that seat. That's your choice. You can do that. That's what Satan did. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the basic thing that, that Lucifer did to fall from the being God's go-to angel to being, you yeah. know, um, fully against him. And, and it's like God is good, and, and he brings us back from those things, and he brings us back uh, from the times in our lives where we try to put ourselves on his throne or try to say, no, I think my version of the truth is a little better than his. Um, yeah. he's, he's gentle. He's not just like going to bash you over the head and say, well, you, you just died in sin. You're done. <laughs> you know, try again. Yeah. Nothing like that. But, but it is comforting to just embrace God is absolute truth. And that doesn't mean I get a matrix download of every perfect mm-hmm. stance from him. But he'll, mm-hmm. he can reveal absolute truth to me over time. He can reveal mm-hmm. each social issue, how I should understand that and mm-hmm. how, how Jesus views that, how God views that, how we should act on it. He can explain those things to us, but there's no given. He's not necessarily obligated to, to reveal that to you and me or mm-hmm. anybody else asking. So I don't know. But it's, uh, but yeah, well, hear me the other that side God's of it too gentle is like, in that correction. Yeah. yeah, and I don't, and I don't think it's our position, or you know, you you hinted on this briefly, but like I don't think it's our job to defend God's positions, right? 
Like I think it, I think that's where we kind of maybe it because it feels a personal attack against us if you're attacking a belief of of God. I, I don't know, yeah. um, but like it's not your job to defend. God is more than capable of defending himself. Yeah. <laughs> He's more than capable of yeah. doing what he needs to do to get people to where he needs to get them. Like it, it's yeah. not an issue of well you're saying it's you know you get back to um, religion and schools like. I don't need to defend it. Like I don't need to defend prayer in schools. Yeah. Um, do I want to see more prayer in schools? Absolutely. But do I also understand the world, the society that we live in? There's a separation between church and state. I also get that as well. Yeah. Um, this is why we should open up. Now we're getting now I'm getting political. You should open up more <laughs> religious schools. Um, you know, make it more. You know. Uh, 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 financially feasible for people to go to these things. Yeah. Like there's, there's ways to do those, that stuff. Yeah. Um, but there, there's a separation in this country and it's not my job necessarily to defend it. Like God is more than capable. Apparently God allowed it to happen. He's allowed it to happen for 2000 plus e- or 2000 plus years. Yeah. However, 200 plus years, however old the United States is um, like, he's apparently okay with that law. I'm not yeah. saying that like he's okay in the sense of like it's the right way, but yeah. he is okay with it in the sense that it is the way it is. It's the same thing with uh, polygamy. Like you yeah. look through the Old Testament, there was plenty of kings of of God's kingdom yeah. uh, that had multiple wives. Was God okay with that? Apparently, he allowed it to happen. Now, was he okay with it from a sin standpoint? I would argue probably not, but he was allowing it to happen still. Um, like going back to your last point, like God is gentle in this, and I don't need to bring up my own pitchfork and hammer and, and demand that people view things how I view them. It's okay that people view things differently. Um, but I'm just going to hold to how God views them and let God defend himself. It's not my job to defend God. It's my job to lean into relationship with Jesus yeah. and then do what Jesus tells me to do. Yeah. Um, and it's probably has nothing to do with posting on Facebook. Or Instagram. <laughs> probably let's not. Be honest. Let's but just, definitely let's Twitter, just but maybe not, maybe not Facebook and Instagram. Definitely Twitter. Um, if you're not on the Twitters yet, like you're missing out on so much hate. You're so late. Yeah. No. And man, um, I got to wrap in just a sec, but I, I started this kind of my thinking on it from like, I don't think about these things that often, but I've, I don't know how we got there, but I'm ending on the, no, actually I do think about these things pretty often because there are so many social issues. There's so much in the news that's constantly meant to pit you on one side or the other and make you feel like if you're on the right side of this opinion, then you're righteous. Or if you're on the wrong side, then you're evil. You know, like that's, that's constantly our society. So I guess these, these traits of God are, are part of my rock, part of my like paradigm that I view the world through is just like, no, there is absolute truth. And, and we actually can know a lot of what it is and God, God can Mm -hmm. reveal it to us perfectly, or he can, allow things to not be real, revealed to us in this moment, but God mm-hmm. is absolute truth. And from that, you can build uh, a better view of the world, you know, but you can't do that by yeah. saying God is just absolute truth. Cause then you get well, I, just into judgment, you know, but oh, you know, couple right? that with yeah. righteousness and your views a little better. You couple that with authority yeah. and your views a little better with, with holiness apart from us and your view, it's a little bigger. Um, so I guess yeah. I do think about this stuff more than I thought. Yeah. And I think that's probably the point of all of our conversations of, over these last few episodes is like there's a holistic view of God that we want to make sure we align with because when we focus in on one part or the other, um, we miss out on so much more and it could lead us down to destructive paths um, with others or with ourselves and, and we want to avoid uh, that as well. We don't want to cause harm if harm doesn't have to be caused. Um, that's just kind of that that piece to it. But yeah. um, 
No, I think I think this is great. I think our conversation's good. You know, next next episode we'll cover just you know God is just in terms of justice. God is love, and God is merciful. Um, as we we dive into those areas, and in as you said too, like there's this need in society today, and you see this is in the church just as much as anywhere else that we need to draw lines in the sand, and I need to be mm-hmm. right, and you need to be wrong, and if you're wrong, you're evil, um, and that's not necessarily the position that that Jesus took. Um, now, was there a right and is there a wrong? One hundred percent, there is. Um, but at the same time, Jesus didn't need, didn't see the point to have to point it out all the time. Um, he pointed out what was important in the moment, yeah. and that's all he pointed out. Um, so this whole "you're right, I'm wrong" like that mentality has to die. It one hundred percent has to die inside the church. It's yeah. not okay. Um, Jesus was very clear that how we love one another and our unity are going to be the things that tell people that we follow him. Um, So those are our keys. Those are our focus, which means if there's going to be unity, there's going to be disagreement Mm. and disagreement has to be okay. Um, You can view one situation in one way and I can view one situation in another way. And it's not foundational truth. It's not something we have to hold on to. You know, we have to dictate, you know, because scripture dictated that way. So we live in gray and we're okay with disagreeing and that's okay. That's, that's unity. Um, and that's that's hard for us to swallow time sometimes. But you know, is your God in control? Uh, I hope He's in control. I hope you view Him in that way. Yeah. Yeah. But He's not just in control, though He is. He's mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. full of mercy, full of love. And he's also all powerful, almighty, all knowing. Yeah. And He is one hundred percent personal. Um, he mm-hmm. wants a personal relationship with you. Um, he That's wants right. you to foster that relationship and dig into that relationship. Um, he wants you to spend time with him um, yeah. through conversation. He wants to spend time with him through through reading his already recorded words. Yeah. Um, he wants you to spend time with him in worship. He wants to spend time with him in fasting and, and solitude and all those other things that we already talked about. I don't remember the episode numbers on them. Uh, they're like eight, seven, eight, nine, something yeah. like that. We named them really funny because we thought we were creative. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. And we do appreciate it. Uh, If uh, you uh, are new here, this is the first time here, please subscribe to us, uh, review us. And we have a rule, only review us if we're a a five. Yeah, Uh, If we're like a one or a two, just ignore us, unsubscribe, (laughs) and don't ever think about us again. That's okay. Uh, But if you really like us, please, please, please subscribe and uh, review us. It's always a huge help to us. But, hey, as always, Andrew... Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, man. Thanks for this conversation. 